0: The City Council, who really is going to decide if this process is even going to move forward, is meeting on February 11th.
1: Here we are at this juncture, and we ought to make sure that the conversation about the bridge continues.
0: Go to DontKillTheBridge.com and connect with your City Council person and let them know how important a third bridge is to you and to our community. Hello and welcome to Oregon Crossroads, where we talk about everything and all matters important to public policy. And remember, we're about freedom and prosperity, because freedom and prosperity is a way that we can live the lives we want to live, and we can have the prosperity to live that life that we want to live. And today we're talking about a very important topic. We're speaking about the Third Bridge, the third bridge that connects West Salem to Salem proper. And this is a very important topic at this time because the city council, who really is going to decide if this process is even going to move forward, is meeting on February 11th. And you, after hearing this, if you're so motivated, can go to DontKillTheBridge.com and connect with your city council person and let them know how important a third bridge is to you and to our community. So again, I'll encourage you to do that at the beginning of this show and listen to our conversation and see if it's something that will inspire you as much as we're inspired to get that third bridge done. And today I have just a fabulous guest, someone who I know very, very well. Of course, Selma Pierce is my guest. And Selma is my wife of 37 years. And she um, is a just a fabulous person. And I don't want to brag on her because I know I'll embarrass her. Uh, but she has just such a such an outstanding life of contribution to our society, a great dentist, an award-winning dentist. Uh, she came to Oregon. We came to Oregon 25 years ago. And uh, she continued with volunteer dentistry for children. And she got totally involved in the community, the community effort, through the Assistance League and through education and educating our children and helping the people that are struggling in Community Connect and other uh, programs. And Selma's a real doer, you know? Talk is cheap, and doing work is expensive. And what you'll see with Selma is she doesn't work. She doesn't just sit back and talk about it. What she does is she engages and gets the job done. So League, you'll see her at the store. You'll see her selling goods. You'll see her at the lasagna lunch, preparing the lasagna and dishing it up. You'll see her involved in educational missions and talking to big groups and participating. But you'll also see her in the classroom and being a tutor and helping the teacher teach uh, high school students geometry. At Community Connect, you'll see her right there with the individual, helping connect them to the services that they need. So this is a doer, a person who's engaged in society, and this is someone who also uh, ran for office, House District 20, and it was, I know, a great experience for her, and I know she heard a lot about the bridge. So with that, I'll introduce Selma Pierce, my guest, to talk about the uh, third bridge for Salem. So.
1: Yes, and I did run for house state rep for House District 20, which included Monmouth, Independence, Salem, uh, with the parts of West Salem and South Salem. So I got to talk to a lot of people that are living around the bridge or to the west, and one of the main topics that they would ask is, when's the bridge coming? And so here we are at this juncture, and we ought to make sure that the conversation about the bridge continues. On Wednesday, um, January 30th, there will be a work session where information will be given to the city councilors about the bridge, and that is at six o'clock. It's at City Hall, room 240, which is the city council chamber. And in two weeks after that, on February 11th, which is a Monday, at six o'clock also in, also in room 240 at down at City Hall, there will be a vote taken shall we continue the conversation about the third bridge or should that be shelved forever
0: and let's start off by talking about uh, the need for a bridge and the congestion because we came to Salem 25 years ago Mm -hmm. sleepy town a little bit on the west side Wallace Road has exploded traffic congestion is picking up what are your thoughts?
1: Well I think we do need a third bridge as you know when we came here things were a little different. There were a lot fewer people, and now everyone's discovered that secret gem, that secret diamond in the rough known as Salem. And people say, oh, this is a wonderful place, and that's one reason we came here. The grass is green, the sky is blue, the water is clear. And we were looking for a great place to raise our kids. So we moved to West Salem because um, we love the hills and the beautiful views that we have. And I am amazed that when we, get up in the morning and start driving to wherever we go on those days that aren't foggy like today you can see 90 miles all the way to Mount Hood and that is wonderful.
0: So we see great but what about this congestion? Now people always warned us a little bit about well that bridge and should you live in West Salem and I have noticed uh, that if you kind of get on the road early 6 a.m when I'm rolling into the hospital and uh, if you uh, leave your work late uh, 8 o'clock at night that not much congestion, but if you kind of start narrowing that, you got two or three hours of rush hour traffic in the morning. You got two or three hours of rush hour traffic in the evening. Uh, it's a little busy.
1: It is much much busier than when we first came. There's so much congestion. because all these great people are trying to get to work, and when they're trying to get to work and they can't, it's a, it's a frustrating start to a very busy day. So it's it's not really a service to the people that are doing the right thing, going to work supporting their families and so we need to do something and I understand that this bridge this third bridge has been talked about for many many years and I understand that it was even talked about before we came and maybe even before I was born I was surprised to find out that the bridge is the center street bridge is over a hundred years old it was built in 1918 and now we are in 2019 so that's 101 years that is an old bridge The second bridge, the Marion Street Bridge, was built in 1952, and that is definitely older than I am. So how can these bridges survive into the 21st century? We need something new, something that really responds to what today's conditions are.
0: What about safety issues?
1: Well, you know, there are several things. You know, there is always talk of, we should ride our bikes more, we should walk more. But have you ever seen anyone do that? Have you ever tried it? there you the walkway isn't very protected from the traffic and it is not very wide so i have probably seen about 10 people usually people um, holding signs and advocating for a political candidate stand on the bridge in the walkways i have not seen anyone walk on it a few bike riders but that's it so even if we were on it to walk or to ride our bikes across the bridge it's not very safe. So that is not even safe now, and that's not up to standard.
0: So we're very interested in this uh, program, this series of talks about freedom, and in this case we're talking about freedom of movement, freedom of transportation, and prosperity. What do you, How do you view going forward in terms of the prosperity of the region and the positive impact of an additional bridge and the negative impact of not building a bridge?
1: The positive impact for one reason of having a bridge is we would have a bridge that could move goods from different parts of Oregon and through the other parts of Oregon. There are a lot of people out in Polk County that have businesses that have goods that need to be moved, and when they can't do that because of the congestion, and the, uh, what does it do? It takes longer to get your goods to market, and when it takes longer to do that, that will increase the charges for these products. And who is winding up going to pay for the products? The consumers, which are us. And you know, that's not, you know, if it could be streamlined and the costs of transport of products is less, that would be reflected in lower prices for customers. And think about the ones that can cannot afford to have goods um, increase, those who make less, those who are on a fixed income, this is something that impacts them the most. So, are we doing a disservice to the ones that we would like to have a better life, to be more prosperous?
0: What about, I've heard some rumor about the water supply for West Salem. Uh, it is attached to one of the bridges. I remember we had so much trouble when we had the, uh, the contamination of our water and what, uh, what, how difficult that was. And we, we didn't have a bridge yet. But what about the water supply?
1: Well, the water supply for Salem comes from the Saniam River system and the piping to West Salem, I understand, goes through underneath the Center Street Bridge. If there should be a problem with that bridge, that is over hundred years old, remember, then West Salem will have an issue with their water supply. Great water, but as you noticed during the summer, we had an issue with the water, and they were talking about cyanotoxins in the water and not safe for people to drink. So, what did we do? We were able to truck in different amounts of water from neighboring communities, and they were very helpful. However, if you know, it took quite a while for people to work through that and it became a great um, encumbrance for a lot of people, particularly the seniors and the people that did not have to go to work and didn't have time to go down there and get the water. Fortunately, the people that helped us with that did stay open 24 hours. But if just one small thing, like a, a crucial thing, like the water system, would be affected. Think of what if other things that could be affected if we had problems with the bridge.
0: So, um, we're scientists. Selma a dentist. I have a, uh, two doctorates including a, and, and we believe in science and the scientific method. Our scientists tell us regarding our environment uh, that greenhouse uh, gases and emissions um, as well as uh, carbon production is uh, deleterious to our environment and we need to do all we can to lower those. Our scientists also tell us that a great earthquake is going to strike Oregon. Cascadia um, is going to happen. Uh, I know that our hospital facility, we have the A, B, C, and D buildings, the A building, which is the uh, large tower, has emergency services, operating rooms, intensive care units, and is set up to withstand a Cascadia type of earthquake. So we have a great medical facility that professionals will be able to get to Uh, one way or the other when the great earthquake comes and be ready to accept the wounded. However, when there are buildings that fall down and when people are trapped and crushed and injured as they will in West Salem, individuals need to get to the hospital. Uh, It's hard to believe that a 100-year-old bridge and a 60-year-old bridge, even retrofitted, can take that. What are your thoughts on the public safety issue of the Third Bridge?
1: I think this is a very important issue. Polk County considers the bridges to be priority one lifelines in case of an emergency, such as a giant earthquake or a giant fire, in, uh, especially in the first 72 hours. And if those bridges should go down, number one, how are we gonna get people that are injured over to the hospital? The major hospital for this area is, in, in, is Salem Health, which is over on the east side. Not only that, I grew up in San Francisco and I'm aware that uh, during earthquakes, Oftentimes there are fires that are accompanying this. Nine of the 11 Salem fire stations are located on the east side of the river. So how are we going to get help with our fires? Also, the police department. You know, Oftentimes people get a little concerned when a big event such as a Cascadia earthquake should happen. And there tends to be a little bit of lawlessness because people are so frightened and they're worried about the possibility of getting food and water. So then if we would need more police presence, the police department is on the east side. So here we have not only on the west side, West Salem Cut-Off, but people that are farther west. For those, for example, those in Monmouth, Independence, Dallas, they often use the bridge to access resources and they would be left behind and stranded. Now, people say, well, we've got that Union Street bridge. It, it's wide enough. It could probably take a fire engine or an ambulance, but it can only it is actually only built to handle one in at a time, and very intermittently, and those vehicles would have to go very, very slowly. So, are we have to think about the what are we doing to our neighbors? What are we doing to people in the more rural parts of our state? This is a big conduit to go from the west side of the Willamette River to the east side of the Willamette River, but you know, are we, do we care about these people? We need to be worried about them. It's not just the people in West Salem, because those rural parts do not always have the resources to provide for things like medical um, services or the, they don't have the big fire departments and also the big police departments that other people have in all of Salem, but if we are connected. That would certainly help.
0: So those who are against the bridge have uh, recently come out with a proposal to improve traffic flow and they talk about a number of issues that'll streamline the traffic flow uh, across the bridges and my initial thought of that is number one, why aren't we doing that already? Why can't we do more than one thing at a time? Uh, And why, again, with traffic and the movement of goods and people and the freedom of movement being so important, why can't we why, why can't we get on this? I know that we're told that it costs too much money, but we government has to realize that s- federal state and local government has never received more receipts through taxation and fees in the history of our country than they are right now and again, it always seems that the things that we want and need as citizens, which is a, a, fu- a well-functioning educational and training system, support to the growth of our businesses, a good transportation system, an infrastructure. Those are the things that we're told that we can't have. There's not enough money, of course, unless we raise our taxes and fees. So, again, it's a little frustrating. Do you What, what are the thoughts on, on the comprehensive approach to this issue? Because there are those who argue that a bridge itself is not enough. What, do you, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, not too long ago, the mayor um, commissioned a congestion task force, and they did look at things other than the bridge that we could do. For example, widening the streets, timing the lights properly, uh, pr- increasing the flow on and off the bridge. But according to the environmental impact study, the draft, in 2012, they considered a bridge and those other auxiliary um, measures that would be on the sides of the bridge, not on the bridge itself, as necessary already in 2012. So they're already seven years behind when we thought we would be. And so we do need those also. Those are th- adjuncts. And so if to get things moving and getting things to work, we need to do long-term solutions, such as a new bridge another way, or we need to also um, do those things to the streets that are feeders and offshoots of the bridge, because it's not just one thing that will cure the problem or solve the problem of the congestion, but things working together and, and multifactorial at that. And the other thing is, if something did happen and we did not have the bridge, we do not really have viable detours to get around. If we were to use the Wheatland Ferry, that's 30 miles north. If people were to go south past or into Independence to get around the bridge, that isn't working either. The heavy traffic on the bridge and the feeders has impacted all of Salem, all the way to South Salem and all the way north to the Kaiser area. So we're not just talking about what's good for West Salem residents, we're talking about what's good for the whole region, Polk County and West, and we need to think about what's to the north and what's to the south of us. We are in this boat together. Let us work together to help our whole region.
0: So you're involved with a group that's trying to convince City Council to re-look at this uh, in a way that supports the bridge. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, this is a group called the Salem Bridge Solutions and really what this group is wanting to do is to encourage the City Council to vote to continue the process of looking at the bridge because we cannot get to anywhere and we can't get to any solutions if there is no dialogue and once the dialogue stops it may be another generation before someone can come up with this again. We have to remember, we're not the only area that is looking for transportation solutions. The Portland area is wishing to rebuild the uh, the Burnside Bridge, excuse me, not the Brooklyn Bridge, the Burnside Bridge, and they're also looking at revitalizing the um, crossing between Washington and Oregon. And if they should garner all the funds, it would be very difficult for us here in the willamette Valley.
0: So many years ago, uh, concerned citizens uh, looking at the uh, effect of uh, automobiles and internal combustion engine clearly, clearly in the West came to a conclusion that something had to be done to decrease uh, greenhouse emissions from automobiles. And you certainly cannot ban cars. But you can put in uh, processes to make driving less attractive make it less attractive. One way is to stop increasing capacity. And if you look at the West, I mean Western Europe, America, uh, there's been almost a complete shutdown of new, new capacity, new roads, new bridges. The thing, second thing you can do is decrease parking options. Because if you have your car and you try to get to a place, or try to park it at your home and you don't have it, you're not going to have a car. It's another way to do it. And finally, Another way of looking at doing this is to create congestion tolling. And this is something that's coming to Oregon very soon in the Portland area. And it basically says that the roads that you have paid for and the roads that you continue to pay for through your gas fees, gas taxes, you're not gonna be charged a fee when the roads are congested to, to use those roads. And in fact, that's another disincentive to use a road. So again, all those things have decreased greenhouse emissions from automobiles and the people who feel strongly about improving the environment, that's a great win for them. And I know our city council has now, uh, has a number of members who view the policy in that way. They really look at it as an environmental issue, and it is an important environmental issue. But things are changing, starting with Tesla and now with all the automobile companies. Over the next decade, you're going to see enormous numbers of electric vehicles zero polluting zero greenhouse emissions zero carbon take to the roads we're also going to see autonomous drive right now we're at level two level two means the car helps you drive but you got to keep your hands on the steering wheel you go to 5G networks, you go to increased computing power, and you're going to end up with vehicles that really can drive themselves. A great blessing to someone who's around 60, who 20 years from now probably shouldn't be driving to Portland, but would like to get on the road and go to Portland or go to Salem or go to go to some other part of the state. And that combination, the progressive agenda, has now switched to one in which we're going to transition to zero carbon, zero green gas emission vehicles, and we're going to have autonomous drive, which will also save 40,000 lives a year. That's what we lose right now in motor vehicle accidents in America. So the progressive future for America and Oregon is to put in the infrastructure now, the roads and bridges, so that we can use our zero polluting vehicles and our autonomous drive vehicles for our freedom and our prosperity. And finally, city council members, remember, public safety is job one. Remember Paradise, California, who years ago had a warning that fires were coming and they needed to prepare for this. And the government officials prepared for this. And what happened? Many people died in the Great Fire and the town was burned down. Cascadia is coming. The people in West Salem need to get to the Salem Hospital, Salem Health. We need to have a new bridge that can withstand that public disaster. Do your job. Think about public safety. about the true progressive future, zero emissions, autonomous drive, build the bridge. Thank you very much.